Mitchell. Challenging Joel Embiid, and Embiid had something to say to Mitchell. And oh. wow, and Mitchell put a forearm into Embiid. The tee is called. Joel hit the deck, and now he's urging the fans to rise and cheer. He had missed the three. Now he's going to the cup. He gets it smacked against the backboard. And look at this. Come on. Like that's going to oh, do it. Oh, boy. Bab. Bab. What's up? Our guy, Joel Embiid, with the flop of the century on all the right, rookie. This, this is not the flop of the century, all right? Mitchell pretty man, he hit him pretty hard. And Beats had some leg issues in the past. I'm not going to call it the flop of the century there. <laughs> <laughs> well, all joking aside, that was a phenomenal moment. We had to play that. Uh, if you didn't hear the audio too clearly or you blacked out already, Joel Embiid swatted Donovan Mitchell and gave him the dirty stare down. And what did the little rookie do? Duff, what did the little rookie do? Uh, the little rookie forgot he was a little rookie, not a big rookie. And he <clears throat> lightly tapped Joel on the hip and said, Yo, don't do that to me again, man. That hurt a lot. And then Joel dove to the ground like there was sniper fire. And Mitchell gets teched up. Hops right back to his feet. Joel makes the miraculous recovery and then pumps up the crowd. And they all start chanting for his flop of the year. <laughs> Dude, I was legitimately worried about his leg when he went down there. That was a vicious fall, all right? So let's cut the, <laughs> let's cut the flop talk. <laughs> Bad, were you at the game? I was not at the game. No, I was watching it. And it was, just to clarify, definitely a flop. He admitted it openly, 100% flop. Hey, I feel like if you can admit it, that's a good step in the right direction. But that was just like a hilarious moment, and it kind of encompasses Joel Embiid like perfectly, right? So on yeah. one hand, he makes this crazy play. He loves talking trash. So what does he do? Is stare down a rookie. Then Mitchell comes and shoves him. He flops, gets the crowd going, and then after the game, he goes, "Yeah, I flopped," and he got a technical, <laughs> which yeah. is which is perfect way to respond. Dude, Fra- Frank, what'd you What's see there, up? brother? What'd you see? Uh, you know, I saw some experienced basketball happen right there. You know, you get a guy all riled up, you get him to tap you, you go down, and, you know, you don't always get the tech, but you can get a foul out of it usually. I, I like to pull that one, too, get people angry at me, just rough them up a little bit, and then the first contact they get on me, just be like, whoa, whoa, man. Yeah, that was Frank's go-to when he was in the league. Every time <laughs> someone every time someone touched him, he was diving into the front row. Hey, man. And we- when we say the league, we're talking about St. Rose's Rec League, not uh, not the NBA. <laughs> well, I was talking about the G League, all right? I didn't want to out him. But... Oh, my nah, bad. it's all good. I'll own up to that one. That's fine. <laughs> nah, it's the Dream Leagues, if you if you got it wrong. Uh, speaking of the Dream Leagues, actually, Frank, you know, uh, you know what we haven't talked about in a while? I think since the first podcast. What's up? How fresh our jerseys were this year from Wooter Apparel. <laughs> They really were, bro. Me and Frank were on a team together for this Dream League's uh, league where, you know, we customize our own jerseys. But our team was the only team that actually took advantage of the fully customizable because we went all in. Like, people just basically made replicas of old jerseys or jerseys they like or kind of created their own thing. Me and Frank named our team the Banana Hammocks, and we went full on out. Like, lime green and yellow, bananas everywhere. We went hard. Yeah, it was a pretty fly uni. You should have made it 2K jersey builder clutch. You should have just made it the um, the the Borat 
G, uh, banana hammock, the, the full over the yeah. shoulder song. That, that would have been, been yeah, that would have been intimidating. Nobody would have wanted to like box us out and shit. That's the mankini <laughs> yeah. special. That would have been a good idea. You're actually right. That's um, really weird. You brought that up today because literally at, at the, I was sitting uh, eating dinner with my brother today, and he brought up that apparently Sasha Baron Cohen is paying <laughs> is paying for uh, these people in Kazakhstan who got sued for going around town in mankinis. Like that's that's a thing that my brother brought up to me today. So that's really random that we got here. I saw that on Twitter, and that is nuts that that did end up here. Wait, so that's we, a that's a real thing. That's, that's a real a thing. Real thing. It only wound up being like a sixty-one dollar fine per though. It was like a minor, a minor hooliganism or something like that. I read the whole thing on Twitter. It's pretty funny yeah. though. Yeah, people were walking around wearing the that lime green banana hammock over the shoulder, and they got fined for it. And Sasha Baron Cohen paid all of it. <laughs> that's fine. For all right, <laughs> that's so man. weird. That is nah, that is I'm it. I'm telling you, they, they called them hooligans. It was like minor hooliganism. <laughs> that is so I'm not yeah, like you're laughing at me. I know I'm not saying the hooligan part right, but I'm telling you that was the offense that had hooligan in it. I'm curious, how else can you say hooligan? I'm I, I gotta look this up. I gotta look more into this, but I'm not prepared to talk more on the, on that because that's ridiculous. But the point of us bringing that up is, uh, Wooter Apparel is actually a little partner with SportsBlogNewYork.com, which this is the NBA Outsiders podcast. We didn't get to that yet. Uh, Frank, Pete, Bab, and Duff in the house today talking NBA, the Thanksgiving special episode. Maybe that's something we should have put more into the intro because this is going to be a Thanksgiving-themed episode here. We're going to give you um, not only the best Black Friday deals in the league. So, you know, Black Friday, Cyber Monday. I guess we call it Cyber Monday deals as well, right? Why not? Yeah, yeah we could. That's, that's, they're like basically the same thing at this point. We're going to do the best contracts like best bang for your buck in the NBA with contracts. We're also going to look at um, some other things regarding. Um, I'm blanking here. If someone wanted to jump in, you know, bad job by me. But yeah, oh, teams turkeys. And- Wait, how did I? How did I forget this one? What we're thankful for in the NBA. I had to pull up my little list there. But what we're thankful for in the NBA, uh, as well as the NBA side dishes, not the main guys, not the guys you're going to see on All Star Weekend, but the guys who help their team win in a pretty impactful way. Maybe that coincides with Black Friday deals, Cyber Monday deals. But uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be Thanksgiving-themed. But before we get to that, we have more stuff to get to. But again, NBA Outsiders Podcast. Don't forget to hit us on Twitter, NBA underscore Outsiders. That's what it is. Hit it up. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts app, Google Play, the whole nine, and sportsblognewyork.com holds this podcast as well. So always go there if you want to see what we're working with. But guys, Frank, Duff, Bab, are you guys hyped for Thanksgiving? Oh, my goodness, yeah. Can't wait. Had, yeah, I haven't had some, like, fresh taters in a while. Uh, I'm excited. What's your favorite kind of tater? Mashed. It's mashed. got to be the mashed. It's got to be the mashed. <laughs> wait, I have a question about that. So do you just refer to all potato products as taters? Pretty much, yeah. Taters is taters. Taters yeah. is, is taters. It, <laughs> is it French, argue with that logic. Is yeah, a French fry part tater? Or is it oh, all tater? Nah, it's tater. That's, that's tater. 100% purebred tater right there? Yeah, it's a fried tater, bro. Yeah, Bab, what the hell else would a french fry be if taters are taters, bro? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess you're right. It's just a potato that's fried. What would happen if you fried a whole potato? You think you'd just get a big, fat french fry? Wow. It'd probably be delicious. <laughs> I'm not wow. prepared All to right, answer that. All right, we're trying that. Next time we're together, we're doing it. <laughs> I'm down. I am not prepared to answer yeah. that. How do you cook the middle? Is it going to get, like, that's... You just got to leave it in there for a little while, bro. Trial and error, Pete. We're going to figure this out. You think so? All right. Yeah. All right. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in on this. <laughs> 
Well, anyways, NBA Outsiders Thanksgiving special episode. But before we get to what we're thankful for in the NBA and the best deals in the league and some NBA side dishes, we got a couple other things to talk about. We had some fun chatting about Joel Embiid and Donovan Mitchell's little uh, spiff, if you will, from the other night. But there's this other thing rumbling around the NBA right now that I'm kind of not ready to talk about. So what am I going to do? I'm going to talk about not talking about it, and then I'm going to let you guys take over. I don't want to hear MVP talk yet. I'm like, I don't, I don't care if the Celtics are winning 20 games in a row and Kyrie's their best player. I don't care LeBron, Giannis, Harden. Like, we had this last year. Last year, all we heard all year long, Westbrook versus Harden, Westbrook versus Harden, Westbrook versus Harden. MVP, MVP, MVP. It was the only storyline. We have so many more storylines here, and now I'm already seeing MVP talks on Twitter. Like, does this bother you guys, or am I alone here? Twitter's always got to talk about something, bro. I'm not ready for it either, but everyone in the NBA seemed like they got up to such a hot start. It's like Giannis was averaging like 35 points a game through like the first eight games. So people wanted to jump on that. James Harden was doing well without Chris Paul, which I don't know why people were surprised by because he was doing just fine without Chris Paul last year. And I get that Kyrie's like the best player on the best team right now, but 18 games in for them and like 16 for other teams. It's just too soon. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's too soon, but it, it's it's something that's always going to happen every year regardless of how early into the season we are. It's something people want to talk about. Uh, you know, people blow up in the first month, have great starts to their season. Definitely way too early, though. The only thing I will say is I've been seeing a lot of Kyrie talk in the uh, MVP talk and uh, consideration. And I told you guys earlier, I don't think that that's warranted, but that's a whole nother. I could I could talk about that for a little while. So, But, yeah, I don't think Kyrie's warranted. Definitely still too early. Uh, I'm going to disagree. I'm just going to go contrarian. But, like, I honestly believe this. Um it takes the full season to be the MVP. So, like, you know, obviously if you have a bad, you know, 10-game start season, it doesn't automatically write you off. But, like, Russell Westbrook last year specifically, you know, 42 triple-doubles, that took an entire season to accomplish. And, you know, not that anybody expects people to, you know, reach that goal again. But it kind of, like, I don't know, it puts the MVP vote, just the MVP award, in general, I feel like I put it on a pedestal. Like, it's such a coveted thing now. So, you know, people are going to go at it wire to wire, uh, fans and players. That's a good point, Frank. There are, like, a ton of – I feel like there's a ton of MVP caliber talent in the league right now. So, it, it can change week to week because someone is always going to be there to take the lead, whether it's, like, Harden, Durant, Westbrook, LeBron, Giannis, any of these guys. It's it's like it's almost like the it's like the enamored thing, like because everybody assumes the finals. You know, don't assume my finals, but um, everybody assumes it's LeBron. And I mean, maybe not this year so far, but like the past few years, everyone's like, oh, the finals is a foregone conclusion. So maybe let's see who has the best season. So maybe that's why people are so crazed about it. But I kind of get it because you know I want to see my my MVP is not just a guy you know, who, who turns it on after the all-star break or something. Like, I, I like to see an MVP as a guy who came out of the gate ready to go and, you know, brings his team all the way from, from, from start to finish, so to say. So I, I get it. I definitely do get it. You know what, Frank? You, you kind of enlightened me because I'm sitting here thinking about the actual the actual debate, right? So the debate of whether who's who's been playing better so far this year, Kyrie or 
I don't know. I'm not saying they've been playing equal, but say say there's an argument, Kyrie versus Dame Lillard, or it's Porzingis versus Embiid, whatever it is. Those debates are really fun. I think what my real problem is, and it's probably being a little stubborn, is calling it the MVP. Why can't we just like hype up a player of the month like more? Like I know it's not sexy at all. It's not fun to call out the player of the month, or we, we just call it the MVP of the month. Like I don't know. Just when we're trying to talk about a whole season's worth of MVP, people need to qualify it. Say, like, best player so far. Just yeah, change, I like it, that better. change it to that because then I could have an honest conversation about who's been the best player for 18 games. Because what Duffy said is perfect. It's 18 games for them, and it's probably less for others. So it's too soon to talk about a season MVP, but let's talk best player. Like, I can have those conversations. Who's been the best this far? So maybe I'm just being a little picky, a little stubborn, and I actually did tweet about the uh, the whole MVP thing today. So maybe I'm being a hypocrite as well. But you know what? It's a fun conversation to have, so I was being a little bit of a jerk. <laughs> I'm glad you came around on that one, you jerk. So since we're talking about it, who do you guys got as best player so far? <laughs> um. So, I mean, whenever I get into these MVP debates... Uh, uh, best I, player I guess... so far debates... Well, I'm going to keep it as an MVP debate because that's what it is to me. Uh, I always <laughs> stick with my guy. Uh, I picked Giannis before the year. He had a great first week, like we mentioned. He's had, you know, some hiccup along the way, but he's still putting up great numbers. Like a bad night for him is, is under 30 points, which is still pretty good usually. For him, it's usually over 20 still. So I'm going to stick with my guy Giannis still, even though they're not, you know, necessarily winning the most games right now. I still believe. Babs, who you like over there? I, uh, I I think this guy should have won it last year, so you probably guess where I'm going with that. But I got Harden so far as the best player this year. Put the first couple weeks without Chris Paul, did real well, and I just think he's one of the best, well-rounded. I mean, let's not talk defense yet, but basketball players in the league in terms of what he can do and his stats back it up. So I'm going with Harden this year, so far, so far. Duff, what you got? Uh, I'm definitely going to go with some good old-fashioned recency bias here and just pick Joel Embiid because he took over a couple games this week, uh, both in L.A. against the Clips and the Lakers, and he just dominated. He just put the team on his back and said, don't worry, guys, I'm going to carry us to the finish line here. He fouled out three players in two games, two in one game. DeAndre Jordan, one of the people thought, was one of the more highly regarded defensive players in the league and he just got dominated so I'm going to go Joel Embiid because I think if he just continues on this trend I don't know how he's not the best player in the league and you know Bab you shared with us today in our group chat about the per 36 numbers of Joel Embiid and that's that's one of those numbers now that you know the the basketball stat people love to look up per 36s plus minuses all that stuff and Joel Embiid's is just ridiculous when you look at his per 36 numbers so love that stuff I'm actually with Bab I'm with Babs, though. I, I wanted Harden last year, and I'm sticking with it. That man is the most talented offensive player like I, I watch ever. I mean, he does ridiculous things. He, they changed a rule for him. Think about this. This is something I haven't heard much. I don't know if I'm breaking ice over here. They basically changed the continuation foul rule because of how easily James Harden was uh, drawing fouls. He was Kevin just Durant got a rule after him, too, though. What's Durant's rule? The rip through, you can't you can't come from like triple threat all the way around to shot motion. It's just a foul on the floor now. I thought they did that for Dwayne Wade. No, they did that for Kevin Durant, and believe it or not, probably Brooke Lopez too. They were the two biggest at doing it. Like when you hold the ball down 
down and then you swing it up real quick. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Or Paul Pierce started that though. Basically, Maybe you initiate the contact. It, but but Kevin Durant and Brooke Lopez abused it. Yeah, but Katie's arms are so long. They're yeah. still they're still calling them though, from what it's, I've seen, because I've seen yeah. specifically Embiid out on the wing, and we're talking about the thousand strong. I've seen him specifically do that move where he's got the ball low, and then he sweeps up to do the shot, and he'll just put his arms into the defender's arms, and they call the foul still a lot of times. Yeah, time. it, de- it depends how far up he gets the contact. So, like, okay. in, Kevin Dur- in Kevin Durant's case, people would try to get up in his face, like, before he could put the ball on the ground, because he's a deadly shooter, and he would just bring the ball down from the left side, and then swing it all. It's called the rip through. You rip it all the way through to the right side, kind of towards triple threat, and then straight up to the shot. But like with him, it's so fast. Like he got the foul call on it every time. Yeah, I mean that when you can get a rule changed for you, that means you either like had something really bad happen to you, like Tom Brady, or yeah. you're yeah. just so good that they need to change something. And that what happened to James Harden. Harden. Well, Harden with with the euro steps and him taking contact mid euro step, landing and then still shooting and. All these different things he does with his arms when he feels contact, he kind of just like rubs into it. He was doing it all year last year, getting to the line at an outrageous clip. Like, they took away yeah, like, all these continuations, and he's still just dominating everybody, scoring from every spot on the floor. Yeah, so it's it's no longer foul shots on the gather. You yes. have to be going up. It's not the gather. You have to be going up. And they've been That's, calling it pretty tight. Yeah, they have been. Uh, I, that is definitely directly because of James Harden. Uh, my only argument would be probably Steph Curry. Uh, I mean, he had one of the craziest offensive seasons we ever seen, and he only played like three quarters in like seventy five percent of those games. So I'd be amazed to see what his numbers would have been for real that season if he just played normally, like normal NBA players do, four quarters. He probably would have averaged close to forty points a game, which that's amazing. Who was the who was the player the ex player that didn't put was it Arenas that didn't put Curry in his top five point guards? Yes. yes. Oh, okay. that's naughty. Gilbert Arenas works with Complex now, uh, and I haven't really watched the show too much, but I saw this one video today, and he said he's not a top five point guard. It literally blew my mind. I'm gonna have to go back and watch like the whole clip because maybe he gave some more context. Maybe he was well, talking. I've- like was, all time. His main argument was that he wasn't getting enough assists, so he was saying yeah. you have Clay Thompson on your team and Kevin Durant on your team. You pass to those guys like twelve times a game, and you're going to get like which, six assists out of it, which is like ridiculous given yeah, how their offense works. His point was ridiculous, but I think his overall thing might have been like Curry. Yeah, he's probably like a top three player in the NBA, but he's definitely a better scorer than he is point guard. The, so the, the position has just changed, though. It's just not a your point guard. Not I, about distribution, I, really. Anymore. I I agree with you 100. percent But I'm I'm just saying what I think he's talking about is he's he's less of like the ball dominant typical point guard we've seen. He's more of like a he's honestly he's more of a shooting guard because he shoots so much. Well, I guess when Arenas was in the league, point guard was the position where you want to be facilitating your teammates a lot more, you know, yeah. passing. Except he wasn't that, that guy. That wasn't exactly what he was known for either. Not yeah. at all, dude. He was a, an assassin. He was just a bucket getter. I mean, he, he never averaged zero, higher than bro. seven assists. As soon yeah, as he... No, I, look, I, I'm agreeing with you. I'm, agree- I'm just saying I think that's where he's coming from. Nah, you're he, right. He probably thinks he's a top scorer, but maybe not necessarily top at setting up his teammates, which I, I'm not going to disagree with that 100%. I'm not, I haven't delved, like, completely into that, but who knows? 
I mean, it's just it's kind of like a ridiculous statement when you only see it in a 50-second clip. Hopefully he gave some more context, but uh, we have to move on. We have some Thanksgiving stuff to get to still, so let's keep this moving. Uh, we made our two soon MVP picks, I guess. Our, our, our best player so far picks is I'll call him. Frank will call him MVP. But this is the NBA Outsiders. Frank, Bad, Pete, and Duff in the house talking NBA. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. I mean, that's really important, guys. For real, if you, if you listen to us for Talk Ball and you enjoy it, you like to talk ball, the only way to make it even better is if you tell us what you want to hear more about. We can give the people what they want if the people tell us what they want. So hit us on a review on iTunes. Hit five stars. Tell us what you think. Tell us who you like. Tell us who you think's wrong the most. Uh, that's usually fun. Uh, and we appreciate every listener, every review. It means a lot to us. Uh, so thanks for coming in every week and listening up for Frank, Bad Pete, and Duff, NBA Outsiders. Let's keep it moving, though. All right, so the next topic is going to be a quick one because I need to. we need to get this Thanksgiving stuff. But real quick. The West was supposed to be so much better than the East, right? And we talked about it a lot before the season started. And officially, after about a month, the East has been a better conference than the West so far. A little bit shocking. Some teams, you don't know if they're going to keep it up. But it's real. And we have a month sample size. What do you guys think about this whole East versus West thing? Uh, Duff, I'll go to you first. Uh, I wouldn't go as far as to say that the East is better than the West, but... It's definitely been surprising how competitive the East has been. If you look at how Orlando got out to a hard start, they're leveling off for sure. But it just seems like every game has been tough. Like every game goes down to the last possession or the last two minutes. Like the the Bulls are three and eleven, and everyone can shit on the Bulls and whatever. But I've seen them in a bunch of close games this year where they've lost. It's like two possession game with two minutes left, and they're you know they're forcing teams to make shots and actually close them out. You think about all the games the Cavaliers have lost, how competitive the Knicks have been now because they actually have a culture, uh, and Oladipo has been dominating on the Pacers. It's, it, the East has been a ton of fun to watch because we got a bunch of new players in there. And I'm just saying, I, would, I slept on the East hard early on before the season. I was not expecting this at all. So I'm really happy with the competition I've seen. Yeah, I mean, I think coming into the year, we talked about the East versus West, and we were saying, you know, the West is better, they've been better, but I think there was a lot of question marks kind of coming in in terms of the East with players leaving, shipping out to the West, um, from the Knicks, from the Pacers, both go to the same team in OKC, but, um, you know, there was just a lot of stuff that, frankly, I guess we didn't expect or we were wrong on, you know, like the Knicks lost Melo kind of a bunch of weird stuff happened. You talked about the culture, but they're doing good. The Pacers, everyone thought they got whopped in that trade. They're not doing bad. It beats healthy, so the Sixers are looking good. So there's just a lot of teams in the East that kind of answered the call that they had to and just stepped up. Though I do think the Celtics are a team that's going to fall back down to earth. I don't even think they finish as the number one seed in the East. Whoa, Bab. Yeah. You were just talking talking the East up, and you take the best team and knock them down like four pegs. Listen, they got to be knocked out eventually, and I've, I've said it. I don't even want to hear your argument. Listen, I've said it since our last podcast. Their win streak ends in two days at the Magic, and my other thing is they're not finishing. They're not going to finish the season number one in the East. They're going to be number two or number three. They're already out. They're already oh. plus fourteen on the season. They're, okay, so they're already going to finish. They're already going to finish with fifty-five wins if they go from five hundred the rest of the way here, or the rest of the way of the season. Wow. Duff, pulling that. Did you have that ready? Like, what is that? Where did you get that? It's quick math in my head. Quick math. I hope, it, I hope it's right. We don't fact check. <laughs> we don't fact check here. 
So I'm not, I'm not doing one calculator button press. I'm not doing it. I got a real fun fact for you, something probably nobody would have expected. And I know it's super early in the year, and it's probably going to change. But as of right now, all eight playoff teams in the East are above 500, and the last seed in the West, the Grizzlies, is 7-9. and nine. So, you know, usually you expect the teams in the East to be below 500 in the 7-8 range, and uh, it's not the case so far. So I think... I kind of I'm not gonna say I called this. I definitely didn't call the East being better than the West to start the year. Um, but I thought the gap was either gonna stay the same or close a little bit because, you know, the top of the West, yeah, it's it's dominant. The top of the East, generally speaking, was pretty dominant against the rest of the East as well. So I thought the parity within conferences was pretty equal, and I thought the bottom of the conferences were pretty equal as well, which actually I think is turning out to be wrong i actually think the bottom of the western conference is way worse than the bottom of the eastern conference which is which is weird to say but i mean i'm looking at it right now you got the mavericks the kings the clippers the jazz and the suns um and then for the for the east you have the hawks the bulls who yeah we're all kind of out of them but then you got the nets the heat and the hornet right above them so i I definitely would take those teams for those what happened to the What happened to the Clippers, man? They were like five hundred. They were, I think, they were five hundred five. Yeah. They've lost they're, six in a row. Well, they're, they're super nine, hurt right nine, now. They're, yeah, they're they're one and nine in their last ten. Lost Ugh. nine in a row. Um, I don't know. Is Patrick Beverly hurt? Patrick like, Beverly. Good? Patrick Beverly just got back against the Knicks. That was his first game back. Daniil Gallinari has been out of the lineup for basically this entire losing streak. Milos Teodosic might have only played like two or three games this season. Yeah. They, they're playing Austin Rivers and Lou Williams at point guard. I mean, yeah, they're having a tough go right my now. Point. A little bit too much nepotism at the point guard position. When Do, do you guys think Doc's getting fired? Because I've heard people say he's not going to get fired. And I was before the season even started, I was calling for his job. So I, I just wondering, do you guys think it's going to happen? If so, when? Hopefully I soon. I think it's coming soon. <laughs> I mean, Chris Paul jumps ship. They seem to be about like one bad season away from blowing it up completely and I yeah. feel like once except, that happens Frank, he's gone. except for they can't because they just paid Blake Griffin for five they still have DeAndre for a couple like blowing it up doesn't really sound like an easy route right now I mean they have Jerry West there I and I didn't say it was going to be easy Peter that's true I didn't say that also like I'm not saying you even have to blow it up. Like, just get a different coach. Like, I, I just don't think Doc is cut out for today's NBA. The way how these offenses work, and it's just a mo- like more complex motion style from teams like the Warriors, the Spurs. The like Doc has no answer for the way that the Rockets play, where they're just chucking fifty threes a game. Like, he doesn't even understand what's happening with that. I don't understand what's happening either. I'm not saying I do, or I know how to defend it. It's just like. He seems completely outmatched. Do you guys think that Austin Rivers is a starting caliber NBA shooting guard? Absolutely not. No, Me neither. I think he needs to get out of there, too. Well, he's a good backup, I think. I think he's a fine backup. I don't think Austin Rivers... always been an Austin Rivers apologist. Me? No, but I, I would agree with Pete. If, if he never started on my team, I'd be glad to have him. But like I said, if he never started... I've, just, Sorry. I've seen a couple times where they've been in close games in the fourth quarter. There's like four minutes left, and he's handling the ball, running your offense so much. And like, yeah, it, it, it's he's not the player that you want in that situation. It's it's 
it almost annoyed me, like pissed me off when I saw him yeah, playing in crunch time. Understand how he also he, came how off the bench like. and won him two games against the Rockets in a playoff series once, so... You know, he, he merits some kind of respect. I mean, he, yeah. he, my man, my man busts ass on defense. Like, Austin Rivers plays hard defense. And it's it's legit. But, you know what? What do you want when they have the only other two ball handers on the team are Blake Griffin and Lou Williams? So, like, he has to try, right? Like, he has to do something. But I'm just, it's more enjoy. Like, I thought the Clippers were going to be fun to watch this year, and it just hasn't been the case. Like, A, because they're losing, and it's just sad. But I get more joy out of watching the Bulls and, like, Lori Markin and the way that offense works, where they're up and down and moving the ball and stuff. I, I just, I, it's just, I think that has, that, that means something. Like, if I'm watching your team play, and I don't enjoy it because it doesn't look like you know what you're doing, I feel like that comes from the coach. And you know it's probably best best situation for Fred Hoiberg is a young team with nothing nothing to like never anything to gain out of not trying to buy in right so they have I'm to buy in. I'm glad they didn't give up on them last year when yeah. they had Butler and Rondo and Wade there and it was all these old heads who didn't want to try anything new and it just wasn't their style of play. I'm glad they they stuck with him and just decided to blow it up. Old heads is one of my favorite terms, by the way. Big fan of the term old heads. Uh, also, this is the NBA Outside Outsiders podcast. It's on sportsblognewyork.com. But it's also currently still a Sports Blog New York podcast, right? So we're on the same feed. If you're listening to us right now, you know this. You're listening to the Sports Blog New York podcast very soon, waiting for some more things to fall into place. We'll have our own feed, the NBA Outsiders feed. It's going to be fantastic. We need a little logo. Uh, shout out if you know someone who can make a good dope logo for us. Hit us up at NBA underscore Outsiders. Right now. Why not, right? I can't hurt to ask. So if you know somebody, hit us up. We're going to be having our own feed pretty soon. It's going to be a lot of fun. For the rest of the season, we have a lot to talk about, <clears throat> but we also have Thanksgiving to talk about. This is the NBA Outsiders Thanksgiving special, so we have um, things to be thankful for. We have Black Friday and Cyber Monday deals, some good contracts flopping around this league that we're thankful for. And also, everyone loves a good side dish on Thanksgiving, right? So we're going to shout out some of those guys, some of the role players who help the stars that we know and love every night to win basketball games. And that's the three things we have left. Is that three or four? Three. We have three things left, shout out Duff, to talk about. And this officially commences the Thanksgiving special of the NBA Outsiders. So, Justin Babb, you were up first. What's that? You were up first. What are you thankful for this NBA Thanksgiving? This is easy for me, and I'm going to go completely homer here. I'm thankful to the basketball gods for for the process <laughs> And, and for the results and the fruits that the process has bared. I'm, I'm so thankful. There's nothing I've wanted more the past eight to ten years. And they've, they've blessed us with some once-in-a-lifetime talent. And I just want to thank the basketball gods, man. They really, they really came through for me, been through a lot. And uh, yeah, I'm just glad I, I, I can have some excitement and joy back in my life in terms of basketball so thank you nba gods really no no hinky there no, nothing uh you know what you're right i would be not one be, mention listen your sins right, right i would be absolutely the man that started it all he sacrificed himself so we could go on and become one of the greatest dynasties that sporting world has ever seen so you know what you're right 
that Sam Hinkie, you're a giant part of that. He may even be a basketball god himself. So I might have been thanking Sam Hinkie right there. So that's fair. That's a great point. You're really sorry. There, you know, he knows it. He gets it. <laughs> that was in the least a very good save. <laughs> That's good, man. I'm, I'm happy for you. And I've yeah, been saying this for a while, especially since Ben Simmons got drafted. Big fan of his uh, since I saw him play like the first time. I, I, I like this team, man. They're fun. Brett Brown gives them a culture. I've always said this about Knicks versus Sixers before this year. The reason why I had faith in the Sixers moving forward and not the Knicks moving forward with young players is because Brett Brown installed the culture of the Sixers to play hard, even though they just got out-talented all the time in the in years past. They have a culture. They play hard. You know what? Their record is, isn't is like anything too spectacular at this point, but they really feel like they can compete with any team any night, and that's legit because and, of Ben and, Simmons, and playing, Robert Covington. Above, it's great. They're, they're playing above 500 basketball right now, and I, I don't – I mean, as long as Embiid can keep playing these, these big minutes he's playing right now, I don't see them getting worse. You know, this is a team that's just coming together for the first time now with all their pieces – Faults aside, but I can't see them getting any worse. So I would just be, I, I hate being the home guy, you know, the homer, but I would be remiss if I said anything but that in terms of what I'm thankful for. All right, well, we'll come back to you for your second thing to be thankful for. I don't know if you prepared to, but you have time now because we're going to go around the horn here. <laughs> um, also, how about TJ McConnell? Shout out. And and Free Jaw, also. <laughs> but Frank, yeah, no, for real. I feel bad for him. Free Jaw, man. That man's got to find a home. For real. Uh, Frank, I know you're a free jaw guy, but also, what are you thankful for for this NBA Thanksgiving? All right, I'm going homer again. Yeah. It just seems right. I feel like this is super personal. So, mine might be a little off kilter, but um, I'm thankful for Timmy Hardaway Jr. Woo! I'm thankful that the Knicks finally decided to go out and spend some money on young talent instead of some old head. Shout out old head word. Duff said it. Um, <laughs> you know, that that we know we already know what we're getting like i'd rather see a guy come in and reach his full potential here than get a guy who reaches max potential somewhere else and hope he can duplicate it here so i'm bought in i'm so thankful that the knicks finally you know went out and spent money on a young guy shouts tim hardaway jr he's been nasty this week and my man has been playing so hard like he has been relied on for some secondary ball handling. I mean, obviously the scoring, the shooting. I love when he gets to the rim. He's bought in on defense. He he grew up. Like he basically got a second four years of college like in Atlanta in 2 years, you know? He learned how to play basketball under a good coach like Mike Budenhoser. He learned how to like take big shots in fourth quarters cuz he was one of their big scorers last year. They were still a playoff team. I mean, Tim Hardaway, I said it the whole time, you had to forget the 17. You had to forget the number because if you're going to keep looking at 17, 17, 17, you're going to get pissed off because it's a lot of money. But realistically, if he's a starter, he's worth every penny, and he has been lovely to have on the Knicks so far. Frank, I love that one. Now, John Lucas Duffy, what are you thankful for? I'm thankful <clears throat> I'm thankful for a few things. Uh, I'm going to start off with my Celtics. I'm thankful for the 16-game win streak. Uh, sitting atop the league. They're the best basketball team in the world right now because they're the best team in the best league. So that's all I'm going to say about that. I'm thankful for the Knicks actually having a culture and that it seems like they're a real team now with some sort of identity. Thank they you. play hard for each other, and KP has been unleashed. I'm thankful for that. And on the flip side of that, I'm thankful for the Thunder struggling. I'm very thankful that Carmelo is 
just as bad as we thought he was. And you still... literally just stole mine. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, you can say your piece, but I'm hopping in. Hop after. in, hop in, Frank. Oh, Frank. Okay. I, love, I love when you're on my corner for this one. Give oh, it, my please. God. So, for the longest time, I was yelling and screaming to everybody I know that Mello is the problem, Mello is the problem, Mello is the problem. Including me. And and everybody was like, I don't know, it's a team around him, this, that, the other. And, and I'm not going to blame OKC's bad start solely on him because it's definitely not solely his fault. But... Just look at the turnaround that the Knicks have had in, in 18 games, like we said. I don't even think it's 18 for the Knicks. I think it's 16 for the Knicks. Um, like Duff said before, there's a culture. There's It's just like it's a place that's willing to grow instead of just being stubborn like Carmelo Anthony. You know, I, I, I couldn't be happier that the Thunder are struggling because the Knicks are doing well pretty much. <laughs> and Melo's gone. Thank God Melo's gone. That one was. I think that was. That one was more personal, Frank. Yeah, I was saving that for my second one because I wanted to go all in on it. But I, I'm. I'm honestly happy someone else did because because I, I could definitely think of something else to be thankful for. But Frank, that, I, can, I can feel it over the computer. It, it's just like a weight. It feels like you're a thousand oh. pounds lighter. Oh my goodness, it's it's actually amazing. Like I watched the Thunder games because I'm still a huge Russell Westbrook fan, still a big Paul George fan, and. Like, every time he says, fuck out of here, I got it. I, like, I roll my eyes. Every time he has a crappy possession, I'm like, oh, this is why you're gone. This is why you're gone. And it just, it feels so good. It feels like when KP does an alley-oop that you know Bleacher Report's going to put Mr. Poopy Butthole in. Like, <laughs> just a great feeling. It's just a great feeling. Oh, that was good. I love that a lot. I really do. Um, I, I kind of, like, I'm still rooting for Melo. I don't, I like, I like him. I'm rooting for him. But I feel you, man. How? No, I'm. Oh, Pete. Well, come no. On. This is Thanksgiving. This is thanks, <laughs> goddamn giving. Yeah, it's a time for animosity and people get mad at each other at family dinners. <laughs> That's, That's exactly. right. Boo, boo, Frank. Boo, or, uh, boo, boo. Nah, yeah, boo, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> After a couple glasses of wine, I mean, anything could happen. Um, well, I'm gonna segue since you guys are booing me to my thing that I'm actually thankful for because I wasn't gonna bring that up. You guys put that on me. I was just speaking my piece, but. This NBA Thanksgiving, I am thankful for young players in the league. There is a ridiculous amount of talent under the age of, name a number, 25, 24, 23, and you have a plethora of names to shout out who are going to be ballers in the NBA for the next decade plus. And I'm going to name uh, in order here from oldest to youngest, just big guys, because I, I have this one tweet. From someone who shares my name, Alex Kennedy. He's an NBA guy. I don't know who. But, no, I don't know. Just last name. Anyway, Anthony Davis, 24. Joel Embiid, 23. Nikola Jokic, 22. Porzingis, 22. Ateta Kumpo, 22. Carl Anthony Towns, 21. Might have just turned 22, actually. Ben Simmons, 21. And that doesn't, that doesn't include this entire rookie class or Devin Booker or... Goddamn, like, I mean, you can go in any direction you want here. Frank Nielakina, love him. Dennis Smith, all these guys look so great and so fun. There's a ton of young talent, and I'm grateful to be able to watch them become the next generation of, of winners, hopefully, in this league. I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, definitely thankful for the young talent. Uh, you know, everybody kind of, like, waits for the next, you know, king or prince of the NBA, like from Kobe to LeBron. Um 
think we, for the first time, maybe it's just because I'm naive and a little bit young, but I think it's like the biggest pool ever for the next guy to step up and be the face of the NBA once LeBron's, you know, said and done. And what will be interesting, too, you know how everybody says they hate super teams, quote-unquote, and they hate uh, LeBron going to every finals and yada, yada, yada. We might be embarking on a, a generation where, you know, just say, I'm trying to think of a team that, that has a chance to make it. Just say, shout out Bab. Say the Sixers make the championship next year. They might not make it again for five years. Like, maybe there won't be a dynasty. Maybe there will be teams who pop in and pop out and pop in and pop out. And that might be great for NBA outsiders, but for the general NBA fan, who knows if that's going to be the same. But I don't care about them right now because we are fucking real NBA fans here who enjoy watching the Bulls play the Suns like on a weird night because you get to see the finisher, Laurie Markkinen, go up against Dragon Bender, who basically is now wanting to be like Laurie Markkinen, but they're both young. It's, it, there's, there's so much to appreciate in the NBA, so that's why it's a good time for a Thanksgiving episode because this year a lot of things are coming to fruition that we've been waiting for for years. It's just so nice to see young players. You got Bulls. You're talking about Bulls Lakers tonight. Completely like random game against two bad teams. Like 10, 10 and twenty one combined record. And I could still think of three reasons I want to watch that game. Is one of them Lonzo Ball? Uh, yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, so I'm just gonna get my second one real quick. Um, I'm thankful for Lavar Ball. <laughs> um, he kind of disappeared from sports media for like, you know, a, literally a blink, not too long. And now he's graduated. Um, he's on CNN talking Donald Trump. Um, he's graduated. He's not just on sports media anymore, folks. He is everywhere. So, you know, I'm thankful for that. He's like the embodiment of a WWE character in the real world. And uh, shouts to our ball, man. Shouts to our Yo, people were joking on social media, like Twitter, Instagram, LeVar Ball, 20, or LeVar Ball 2020, and people are joking about that, but think about how quickly Donald Trump became our president, where it was just like a big joke, and then all of a sudden, he won the landslide, so people joking about that, just be careful. As I'm going to say, just be careful. <laughs> I think I, I saw at least twice via text message on my phone today, one was probably from Frank. Lavar for president, and that's it's a lot of fun. Especially because you know, say that. like like the president, he doesn't. He was just talking for like twenty minutes, and didn't say anything. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we don't he go there. On the, thing, you did say that the big ballers are gonna have a happy Thanksgiving. That's true. That's all that matters. And you know what? I hope the big ballers do have a happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> but I hope the NBA outsiders have a happy Thanksgiving as well. So uh, before we move on to the next thing, anybody have anything else to be thankful for? I'll just do my second one real quick. You mentioned earlier, well, you kind of mentioned something along the lines of it, not it. But uh, I'm going to say thank you to Steph Curry. Uh, guy came in the league, rated threes, became the new craze. Everybody wanted to go out and get people that could shoot threes and make their build their team around people that could shoot threes. And I think it let a lot of uh, good, we talked about the good bigs, I think it let a lot of them kind of slip through the cracks, maybe got over, you know, overlooked. Um, so shouts out to Steph Curry because I think in two years – uh, the league's going to be back to uh, not back to no three-point shooting, but I think the inside game's going to come back with all these young bigs we got in the league. So, shout out to you for changing the league just so we could change back. See, your life's work was meaningless. <laughs> <laughs> Duff, you thankful for anything else? Uh, 
I gave three things before, so I think I'm set. Yeah, you don't got much to be thankful about in your life, man. Yeah. That's a fact. <laughs> Mostly hate and crying before bed. That's what I'm saying. When you were like, oh, Thanksgiving is a happy time, I'm like, I'm I'm just dreading thinking about it. I haven't slept in three days. <laughs> <laughs> I could see you just like, are you one of those ones who sneaks out? Like, I'm on Thanksgiving, I'm one of the guys who like, you know, oh, where, where's, where's Pete at? Where's Petey at? And I'm just by myself watching football or something. 100%. My, my brother lives right by my uncle where we're having Thanksgiving. And I'm probably just going to be at his house all the time hiding with his dog. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm happy for like you. a nice Thanksgiving. That's what I'm saying. Duff's thankful for his brother living close to his uncle and having a dog. Yeah, 100%. He's a good dog. His name's Reagan. Shout out. <laughs> Shout out, Reagan. <laughs> um, well, the last thing that I'm thankful for is that we got NBA League Pass because it's lit. Oh, oh my God. Great, you know great. what? I'm going to go again. I'm thankful for NBA League Pass, too. Bro, shout out, man. It's crazy. Yeah. Like I'm, I watch so many games. It's crazy. A lot of my boys, they don't watch NBA like 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 we do, obviously. You know, So we're at their house on a Thursday night. They got freaking Jaguars, whoever on. I don't even know. I got I NBA app on my phone. Bang. Whatever game I want. Yeah. Dude, the condensed the condensed games, shout out, man. Oof. Those things are the best. Shout out. On my PS4. I Damn. I don't even mess with the condensed games. I just watch the whole thing because it's shorter anyway. With no commercials, eh? No, you know, no it, commercials, no halftime, no nothing. No you know what I'm not thankful for? I'm not thankful for NBA.com not having NBA TV games. Able to yeah, that's that bullshit. Doesn't make Actually, you know what? We're calling that out right now. Fix that. Yeah, NBA TV, I know you're listening. Fix, Fix that. It. Fix that. <laughs> or, or you got a problem. We'll, we'll I know see. We gotta, I know we got a listener who works at the league office. Fix that. <laughs> Do you know that? Because no, I know that. Absolutely not. I actually work right by the NBA office in Chicago, so. I got I got connect. I got connected. You know Write a nice letter, slip it in an envelope, and just slide it under the front door. It'll I know. Fly. I'm still trying to scheme my way in there just to walk around. I just want to be around it. I got a, I got a pal for you. I'll hook you up. How about your boy? All right. No doubt. This is the NBA Outsiders Podcast. Holler at your boys, Pete, Bab, Duff, and Frank. Hit us on iTunes Out Podcast. You know where it is. Rating and review. Tell us what you think. Shout out the NBA Outsiders because this is a Sports Blog New York podcast. So you can't forget us both. You got to remember the SBNY. You got to remember the NBA Outsiders. So hit us up on Twitter at Sports NYC, NBA Outsiders. You know where to find us now as well as SportsBlogNewYork.com. Uh, and soon enough, the NBA Outsiders will have their own feed. And it's going to be a ton of fun all season long and, and so on. Because realistically, you know, the season doesn't end in the NBA, right? This summer, we saw it even more, more so than the past couple. The NBA doesn't sleep, and neither do the NBA outsiders. I'm pretty sure we're all like actually sleep-deprived all the time. I know Frank doesn't go to bed until like 4 a.m. Duff what literally Duff doesn't sleep. Bab, I feel like you probably sleep okay. I don't know what your sleeping habits as well, and I go to bed at like 2 a.m. every night. That basketball is more important. Bad. Yeah, I'm, I'm just on Instagram just scrolling and sending highlight videos to you guys. We pretty much do that until 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah, I always like I always have that thought like when I'm when I see a video and I like think of somebody, I'm like, oh, what time is it? With you guys, I, I don't care if it's 5 a.m. I'll send that thing. I don't care because there's, there's like a 50% chance someone's going to be like, oh, shit. Someone's, someone's like percent chance. Yeah. And it's Except 100% chance it's not bad. Actually, yeah. yeah. <laughs> never bad. Because this kid can't figure out notifications. Yo. Everybody just shake your head if you listen to this right now. Yo, add Bab on Twitter and just tell him how to turn notifications on his Instagram. Chat. I can't figure it out. I give up. 
I can't figure it out. It's so the, weird I've seen you like three times since that started happening, and, and I always forget to mention like how to fix it. I can't figure it out. Someone, someone help me. It's honestly, it's pathetic, man. <laughs> you know who I bet has Instagram notifications? Steve Max. Yeah, I bet he does. <laughs> I bet he does, Bab. Oh man, so, I hope yeah, Simon says turn those notifications on, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that was a good one. Wait, I really, really hope that there's a listener out there or two listeners, however many there are, uh, who listen to us now. Because what is this? Maybe our tenth episode? I don't know. Maybe eight? I'm not sure. But we get we're getting some decent numbers relative to uh, what we expected. Not that they're the most in the world, but there's people who listen every week. That's really cool. We appreciate that. But I hope someone's out there who's all in on this Steve Max joke. I hope somebody is listening. It's like, yeah, Steve Max, let's get it. I hope they're. You know, in. Mark is. You know, Mark's hyped about that. <laughs> Shout out, Mark. Uh, but we gotta keep yeah, the shout out. Last thanks, yeah. Last, thanks for thanks for the listeners, man. Shout out, listeners. Oh, dude. Oh, hell yeah. Can't wow. forget about them. We're 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 trash. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're 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 hella thankful for y'all. Shout shout to you. Except I think we brought it up in the open, maybe or after like that little Joel Embiid open or whatnot. But you know what? Extra special thank yeah. you to all we'll the love. listeners. We'll love. Absolutely. But let's keep this thing moving now. Uh, we have two more things to talk about. We're gonna spend about ten to twenty more minutes, I assume just knowing how we work. But the last two things we're going to talk about are these great post-Thanksgiving deals, right? Everyone shops either... Like, do people... Wait, actually, wait. Do people still go to stores or everyone just shop online, like, even on Black Friday? Um, I, I think the craze of going at, like, 4 a.m. to beat the crowd, like, I feel like that's gone, but I feel like people still go. Okay. Yeah, I feel that. I've never done the Black Friday thing. I've hit some stores up. It's overrated, honestly. You just wake up stupid early to go to a mall, and you're like, "Oh, it's still a fucking mall and boring as shit." <laughs> you know? I have I have one Black Friday purchase in my life, and it was a three foot long machete. It was on sale for twenty dollars. What the hell? Yeah, it was originally forty five. How could I pass up on that deal? Forty five and twenty. Nah. To be real though, Black Friday is you've yeah. ever you've ever told us. Yeah. <laughs> If you start getting baited by zombies or aliens or some shit, like, I- I'll count you out from, like, under my bed, behind my back, all right? When I got that machete and I'm chopping some alien heads up. Nah, I feel you. I'm actually on Team Bad for that one. But, yo, <laughs> shout-, shout out Black Friday. Black Friday is the best time to get hoodies because they always have, like, three for two or three for one. So that's my hoodie time. Yo, Bab, I just hope you know that tomorrow on Twitter I will put a quote box on the NBA Outsiders Twitter. My only Black Friday purchase was a machete. I got that for twenty five bucks. It was originally forty five. <laughs> That'll be the quote to sell this episode it's, to our audience. It's gonna get the people going when they read that. <laughs> let me tell you. I hope so. But all right, let's do this Black Friday deals NBA edition. That's the best contracts in the league. The guys who you look at and then you see how much money they're making, you go, "Holy hell, we're only paying them that." That's fantastic. So Frank, you first. Who's your Black right, Friday deal so- in the NBA? Real quick, I'm just going to preface it real quick with how we kind of did it. Um, we're just not going to do rookies in this because obviously Ben Simmons is a steal on a rookie contract and so on and so forth. So I have two. Uh, I'm going to go to Homer pick first. I'm going to go with Jared Jack on a veteran's minimum, making about $2 million a season, uh, averaging over five assists a game for the Knicks so far. Um, I feel like you couldn't get better bang for your buck. You, you got a starting point guard pretty much for – veterans minimum that's absolute money also uh, not gar- it's also non-guaranteed frank that's even 
better. That makes it even better. So that's like that's like a double fifty percent off. Got him for free, pretty much. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and my other one, uh, I mentioned this pregame when we were talking. I hope I'm not stealing it from everybody, but I did mention it. Uh, Jeremy Lamb. I think he's making seven million dollars a year. I think that's what we said before the, the, show, the show. And uh, he's averaging close to eighteen points a game right now. He's looking really nice as a side piece to Kemba in Charlotte, even though they're not playing so well so far. Um, I would take that guy for $7 million a year in a heartbeat. And just to uh, actually fact check, even though we don't do that too often, he is exactly making $7 million a year uh, for three more years. So that's pretty nice. So if he even gets a little wow. better or stays consistent, that's three damn years of $7 mil. That's cash money. I didn't money. know he had three more years left. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I, just, I just got, you know... I picked two guys, and then I got bonuses on them after from Pete, which is that just makes me better. So actually, he's another, only got two more another years. Another player who left Russell Westbrook and got better, Frank. Oh, stop it! Oh, stop <laughs> it! We don't got time for that today, Duff. I'm not even gonna acknowledge that ignoramus comment. We're just gonna move on. Fab, <laughs> who's your biggest deal? Dude, I love Chris Middleton. I think. He's on a good contract. He actually just recently signed, got a little bit of a, uh, what do you call it, promotion, I guess, a bump and pay. But he's, he's got a five-year, $70 million contract, about $14 million a year. But he's somebody that can kind of do a lot on the court. I think he's a really underappreciated player. Uh, in the last five years, the only person that's averaging his numbers, uh, 17 points, four assists, uh, while shooting 40% from three, Steph Curry. So they're the only two players with 17-4 while shooting 40%. Uh, he's a real good player. I think underappreciated nationally, but uh, he's, he's a player that you'd want on any team, really. So, I mean, I love Chris Milton. I love that. Great, co- great contract. And also good just to, uh, to take that one step further, he's in, I think this is now year three of his contract. So he has this year and then another one and then a player option. Uh-huh. All, all at that bargain price because, you know, everybody who got over over that 20 mark, it's kind of tough to look at. But 14, yeah. 14 for an above-average starter who plays the 2, 3, and 4, I mean, that's fantastic. I saw somebody on – it was either Bleach Report or Twitter, maybe Bleach Report on Twitter, but they, they were talking about him and they said he's the closest thing – he's the closest player, closest all-star player that's not going to be an all-star player. Closest player to an all-star is not going to be an all-star player. Something along those lines, but and, and probably never up. will be. You think what? And he'll probably never. He never will, he never will be. Exactly. He probably never will be. But he's he's just. I mean, he's a really good player. I guess that's where you put him. Maybe right below all-star caliber. You know. Honestly, I, if he I ever agree. gets an all-star, it has to be like that Paul Millsap, twenty-eight-year-old all-star, because he's only twenty-five. Yeah, he's young still. I think he's twenty-six, but yeah, he's young. Oh. You're close. We don't fact check. Duff. What, do you what, got about, what, about, what about Duff? What's your deal, Duff? Oh, my bad. I can't, uh, Did Duff just pull a bad? No, no, no. Is it is it back to being did, called a Duff now? Is everyone, no, 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 no. <laughs> All right, so Duff everyone pulled a Duff. Out. Duff pulled Shut a Duff. No. But All right. just continue. So I got two. I got two. Um, I got Kemba Walker. He's making twelve million a year. For the next two years and i'm just going to read you a quick list of people who uh, are making either as much or more money than him jeremy lynn Dion waiter solomon hill zach randolph miles plumley 
Nikola Miritich, Cody Zeller, Marcin Gortat, Thaddeus Young, Kenneth Fareed, Michael Kidd Gilchrist, Tyson Chandler. Uh, there was one more I wanted to say. Gordy wow. Jang. Wow. Demari oh Carroll. Like, the list oh goes on and gosh. on. Oh, so, my gosh. Wow. Think I about that. Say wow to that. I think That's Duff just won the, Friday, the Black Friday deals. An all-star. And I'm going to hit you with one more. Tyreek Evans. Yes. Right? Ready for this? Oh. He's making... 3.3 million on a one-year deal with Memphis. Right now, he's averaging 18 a game with five rebounds and three and a half assists with a block. Mm. 18 a game, three mil. Mm. That's, yeah, that's that's those are two good ones. I'll give you that. Those are two good ones. Holy hell! Yeah, tough man. You blew it away. You blew it away right there. I was coming hard with it. I, I thought I liked this segment from Frank. I, when he sent it in the group, I was like, "What the hell does that mean, Frank?" And then he explained it, and I was like, "I love it." That was a little teamwork, make the dream work. Frank came up with the idea, and I was like, "Boom, Black Friday." Yeah, I love yeah. that. Um, so, I think you're in the lead with the two best deals right now. But I'm gonna do my best and come at you with one that I really like, and that's a guy who I was. I'm gonna be quite honest. I was shocked he left his current te- or his team from last season. And that's Jonathan Simmons. Jonathan Simmons is making $6 million a year. And the way his deal is set up, I'm looking at sportsrack.com right now, it actually is front-loaded. So he's making more this year than he will next year and so on for the next two, uh, two years. My man comes wow. off the bench and scores 14 points a game. You can put him in any night to start if you really need to. I think he might should be a starter on the Orlando Magic. 14 points a game. High energy, in-your-face defense. I mean, how do you not love having that guy on your team, first off? And how do you not love paying him six mil? I mean, he's not even at and double he's, digits. He's shooting like 40%, 39% from three, something like that. I actually have that handy-dandy, and hopefully you are correct. And Duff, again, you're just winning the segment, 39% this 39% year. 39% from three. I mean, that's fantastic. And uh, my next one is a guy who got traded. Usually these guys with uh, team-friendly contracts end up in trades unless they're, like, super, super coveted. This guy wasn't, but I still love his value, and that's Marcus Morris. Marcus Morris is the new guy on the Celtics. Well, one of many new guys on the Celtics. He's a little banged up early on, but still averaging 13.6 rebounds. He's just, like, an all-around solid guy who seems to be bought in on a team with a culture. The Pistons last year were a mess, and I feel like when a team's a mess, that doesn't help Marcus Morris. Now he's on a team with a good coach who's winning, and everybody seems to be bought in, and that's a perfect situation for a guy who can stretch the floor, who's also shooting pretty well from three. He's shooting 30, uh, 39% as well, actually. Uh, so shout-out Marcus Morris. I was never a huge fan of his game, but I'm really grow- he's really grown on me with his toughness, and he's making – I actually didn't bring up his contract. So let me – I didn't – when he was on the Pistons, like I never used to watch them, and I just didn't realize how skilled he is as a player, actually. Like he doesn't – he, he doesn't shoot a great percentage, but he, he can really, like, make some moves for a big dude. I did not realize. Yeah, there was actually a moment last year, I remember a game specifically, where there was, like, a stretch where him and Melo were just going at it, like, one-on-one on each end. And, honestly, he dominated. He looked way better. So it was kind of that game that I noticed that, that he was pretty good, but... How much is he making? Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. Like I actually, five, like five a year. Yeah, he's making five mil this year and five point three next year. I mean, that like like I said, that's a bargain. He's a starter. Like he's a starter on basically all the teams he'd be on. Especially and he the- is like great for the Celtics in particular because he can 
defend a ton of positions. He's athletic. He's long. He's comfortable. He's comfortable with the ball away from the basket. Like a lot of big guys, you can see they can handle the ball out there, like run the offense a little bit. But he's comfortable either going to the basket or just making the next right play. He looks like he makes good decisions too. I love it. That's some good stuff. Uh, so to recap real quick, Duff, Kemba Walker, and who was your other one? Tyreek Evans. Love. I, honestly, I'm, I forgot to mention on that one. I didn't give my two cents. He's been killing it. He's been the best player offensively for the Grizzlies this year. He's literally and dropping Conley's, 19 a game. Conley's been hurt. They've been needed it, even though they're what are they, like two and seven without Mike Conley. So. I love the Tyreek thing. Frank, you had two as well? Yes, I had Jared Jack and Jeremy Lamb. And Babs? Yeah, I had, uh, I had Chris Middleton. And then if we're going to do two, I'll just drop another quick one on you. We talked about him a lot before. Pretty sure it's not his rookie deal. Is Jokic on his rookie deal? He's not. I don't think I don't think Frank, he is. He's Are not, but sure? that's a cop-out. That was going to be mine, and Frank vetoed it before the show. He told me his rookie deal. I should have fact-checked. Yeah, I don't think it's his rookie contract. Oh, shit. Sorry. Sorry, I inspired contract. other greatness in you, though. <laughs> that's true. I dug deep. Well, his I contract. Had three, I had three great freaking Black Friday deals. Go ahead, Beth. Well, it's just, it's two years, three million. Like what? Like you don't get a top twenty, top thirty player for a, one and a half million dollars a year. That's nuts. So that is that, that might be the biggest one we got. Uh, that's just an absolute steal for somebody like Jokic. He like kind of doesn't count because he's one of those second round picks who flourished right after. He basically took his second and I mean his third and fourth year for cheap, you know. Mm-hmm. So like in the first round you get a four year deal, in the second round you get two. So he's a one of those weird situations where he resigned before he hit stride. So like if he literally one more year he would have got like maxed out, like you know. Yeah, that's that that's that John Wall luck where he like resigned just before the cap exploded. Mm. For it's real. And, and you just, quick fact check, quick fact check, because I said this and I knew it was wrong. The Grizzlies aren't two and seven without Mike Conley. They're zero four. Wow, that's that's right. worse, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah. I, definitely a worse percentage. Yeah. Well, that that was a fun that was a fun little segment there. Black Friday deals. That's a good one. We're gonna have to keep that as an annual like segment. I love it. Oh, yeah. Well, anyway, we have about, let's say like ten minutes left, so let's keep this one moving pretty quick. Let's just run through this and have some fun. Uh, a lot of spitballing going on here. Well, this is the NBA side dishes. So when we talk about Thanksgiving, everyone needs the turkey, right? You need turkey so you can put the stuffing, the gravy, sweet potato pie, uh, mashed potatoes or taters as Frank likes to shorten them up to, turnip, corn, like just go on and on and on. There's great NBA side dishes as well. You look at some of the great teams with all-stars up the wazoo, but sometimes it's that guy off the bench who does the little thing that you just love it if he's on your team. So, Frank, you go first here. Who's one of your favorite NBA side dishes? Uh, I think I might catch flack for this one. Uh, I like Jordan Clarkson, man. Ah. He's been low-key spark plug. Um, I feel like he doesn't get the respect he deserves because they have all these young guards and stuff. But dude still balls, man. Dude still balls. Um, he can shoot the three. He can drive to the hole. And he's always active in the passing lanes. Um, I take that guy on my team any day of the week. I'd say that's a sweet potato pie right there. Oh, going big on the first one. Duff, mm. what do you like? Let me go last. Let me go last. All right, still thinking. All right, Bab, what do you like? I think this guy's one of the best side dishes in the NBA. You talked about teams that have talent out the wazoo. Well, Warriors do. And Sean Livingston can get 
kind of forgotten, I guess, in all that talent. But he's one of the most reliable, like, consistent backup point guards in the league, if not the best backup point guard in the league. Uh, and after, you know, that injury he suffered, the gruesome, I think it was an ACL or a leg or something, um, it's just good to see him doing what he's doing. But he, I think he gets forgotten about. He's a, a great little side dish. In my opinion, he might be the best side dish in the NBA. So I'm going to call him some mashed potatoes. Oh, man. Mm, you, you... I would, you know what? I'm I'm going to double down on that one. I love that pick, uh, especially because I believe Sean Livingston would start on, like, almost 75% of other NBA. Yeah, man. He's oh, good. maybe not that high, but. He would be a better option than Alfred Payton on the Magic. Oh, 100%. 100%. He's There's got a low post offense. He can handle your and run your offense. Uh, handle the ball like he's a good defender. He's long. He's he's a really good. You're right. He could be a starter. He's, 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 he's been one player. of the best NBA pick. side dishes for years now. Oh, Bab, absolutely, Bab, you People missed a slam dunk. Bab, you, you missed a slam dunk by calling him mashed potatoes. Though I'm sorry, you could have went string bean or asparagus. Like it literally just fits his body type perfectly. Yeah, but he has to be the best side dish, and I don't even think that's a debate that is worth arguing with somebody who doesn't think yeah, that no. mashed potatoes is the best side dish. Yeah, no, uh, I got your string bean for you, though, Pete. Do you want your string bean? Yeah, let me get some string beans, Frank. String bean is Jamal Crawford, <laughs> the man who's been there for, for so long, who's the second highest scoring bench player in NBA history. Wow. That's your string bean right there, my man. And you always like you could always you could always make room for string beans, but if they get left off the plate, I think you're kind of okay. And I'd say that's kind of cool with Jamal Crawford at this point in his career, no? Because he kind of just gets buckets and gets torched on defense. (laughs) Do I know who's first, Mister Mister Seth Curry's dad, Del Curry? Oh, that's awesome, actually. Yeah, you know why I know that? Because you were listening to the Hornets broadcast the other day versus Timberwolves. That's true, but I listen to the Hornets broadcast a lot because I like their broadcast. When I watch Hornets games that's not against the Knicks, I'll watch the Hornets broadcast, whether they're home or away. There are a few teams like that that I just like their their commentary. There's also some teams I hate, like the Celtics. I will purposely listen to away. And same with the Thunder. The Thunder guys are like – they're like dry sand in a bottle that you have to drink. Just oh, like God. I, I couldn't disagree more about the Celtics. I really love listening to them when they're on the road specifically. So when Scalabrini's on the desk instead of Tommy Heinsohn, like oh. I know I know Celtics fans who grew up with the Celtics and Tommy Heinsohn and all that stuff, they love him. They describe him as like the drunk uncle who can say anything at this point. It's like, eh, yeah, he's part of the family still. Uh, but, I'm, yeah, I'm on board for Scalabrini. I'm not part of the family. I look at the drunk uncle and I just see exactly what he is, the piece of shit. So, yeah, yeah. No, I'd agree with Jeez. you. And that's why I say I like watching the Celtics on the road better for Brian Scalabrini. I'm, I'm definitely pro-team Scalabrini. Um, so if I didn't bring this up as my NBA side dish, I'd be doing a disservice to my own fanhood. So actually, I need to preface it, though. I'm not upset. I'm a little upset. I'm uh, – my mom basically, my mom told me that she wasn't making sweet potato pie this year, but she was making like a sweet potato casserole. So I was like, okay, you know what, that's fine. But then she burned it a little bit. And Joe Ingles is my guy. That's Joe Ingles is the burnt sweet potato casserole. My mom would never actually burn a sweet potato pie. I don't get any wrong ideas. But Joe <laughs> <laughs> Joe Ingles is my guy. He's a fantastic NBA side dish. But what is one of the best parts about an NBA side dish is that when you don't have the turkey. You need them to be able to stand on their own and live by itself. And unfortunately for the Jazz this past week or so, with Gobert hurt and no real scoring option, 
who's done it before. I wanted him to take a bigger step forward and take more shots. And he's still shooting a ridiculous percentage, but he just doesn't shoot enough. I think he can shoot more. I think he could just... And he shoots like 45% from three. He was the second highest three-point percentage in the league last year. And it seems like he'll take contested threes when he feels comfortable. Like, I don't get it. I want him to shoot more, just do more in general. I think he's talented, and I think he's awesome. Shout out Joe Engels. But step up while your man's is down. I like that one. It's a good one. Yeah. He's so like he's, he's like a low-key point forward. Like, you wouldn't suspect him to be a point forward, but he is. Yeah. He's, like, kind, he's like, this is going to sound a little weird, I guess, but like, in my opinion, he, he reminds me of Boris Diaw because he looks like a guy who shouldn't be handling the ball, but then he does some stuff, and you're like, oh, okay, maybe this guy should handle the ball a little bit. Absolutely. Actually, I'm going to change him from sweet potato to, to turnip, like mashed turnip, right? So mashed turnip is real nice when you have gravy on it and it's next to stuffing and maybe uh, next to some, some lentils. I don't know. I don't know what floats your boat. But he's the turnip. So you like the turnip on Thanksgiving night. Then you eat it alone. You're like, eh, I need some gravy or something. I need Joe Ingles to put some gravy on his game right now. Speaking of, let's get some six-man gravy going. We got Duff, you got some six-man gravy? Uh... No, no. Let me go back to the side dishes here, because there's a question I really I heard in a podcast in the mixtape podcast that I really want to ask you guys. It has basically nothing to do with this, but that's because I'm more of a fast forward to Christmas type of guy, and <laughs> let's talk about Thanksgiving. So here we go. I got a question for you guys, and I'm just gonna tell you the story of what happened. So I was listening to mixtape. It's Coley Mick from Barstool and Tyler I am Troll Withers and. Tyler, he was. they were talking about NCAA and all that stuff, and it's like the one-and-done rule, how they might be getting rid of it. And they were suggesting that you can come straight from high school. Prospects can come straight from high school, but they have to have one year in the G League. And so that's how you get rid of the one-and-done rule. If you want to be one-and-done, you got to go to the G League. And you won't be making a lot of money, obviously, in a rookie contract there, but you'll be making some money, and you'll learn what it's like to be a professional basketball player. And we don't have to have these kids like Ben Simmons taking fake class. And so I got some thoughts on this, but I haven't talked to any of you guys about this. Do you understand what I'm saying? Well, I have something to yes. say. Do you, do you understand like the, the preface of what he was trying to say? I understand yes. so much so, Duff, that I actually did a podcast about that exact idea, like – Three months ago. Shit. So, thanks for listening, bro. So, you got some <laughs> ideas, obviously. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a great idea. It was actually, I know exactly when it was. Uh, not the date, but an event that we can tie it to. The day Lamelo Ball came out with his shoe. The mm. next day, I recorded... Oh, yeah, I remember talking about this with I you, I recorded actually. an episode by myself, sitting in the same exact spot I'm sitting right now. And I did a whole thing about how this is their plan. NBA, LeVar Ball in cahoots, put Lamelo in the G League get some hype around it, get some more high school kids to skip college and go to the G League. And then, you know, after a certain amount of time in the G League, you get bumped up, maybe like a second-half call-up system. I don't know exactly how it could work. I think it's a fantastic idea. Clearly, the NBA wants to build up the G League to a legit minor league system. They have the two-way contracts. I think it's a no-brainer. I think it's going there uh, sooner than later. And when I say, say that, I mean, like, next maybe three years. I remember talking about this when you know. I remember you had that oh, whole now you do. Oh, now you do. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. right. Now, all right, so Frank and Beth, what do you guys think of that? Um, 
I mean, I think they should just be able to go, man. Like, why not? Like, if a guy can float, let him float. Um, Because I could, uh, like, I guess your system is better than making these kids go to college and take fake classes, yeah. But, um, I don't know, because, like, what if a guy comes and he's definitely already ready and he's just dropping, like, 28 a game in the G League, like, I'm going to be super pissed that he's held down there just because of some stupid stipulation. That's why I like the second half call-up. Yeah, more so, like, if a guy's dominating college basketball, like, I'm not mad about that because he's still, like, that that season has to finish anyway. He's got to get drafted before he can come anyway. But, like, if a guy's in the G League and it's just, like, a stupid stipulation, I'd be hella pissed off. But wait, Frank, what if G League is lit? What if, like, what if so this year, right? Say Michael Porter didn't get hurt. Say in the G League right now. You got Michael Porter, Marvin Bagley, Mo Bamba, and they all got drafted already. But they're DeAndre Yeet. yeah, Aiton, bro, Tri- Alonzo Trier is up there now. Like all these guys, and, and maybe even Grayson Allen's in the G League. Who the hell knows? You got hype. Yeah, now. What, what if you have hype in the G League? Does that make it better for you? No, because like even like even when you look at sports that have super established minor league systems, like yeah, they're probably popular locally because a lot of the places that they play don't have other sports teams, so people go to like you know a minor league baseball game on a Friday night. But no one's gonna watch that crap on television. I'll tell you that much. You're telling me, dude. You're you're so wrong about that. People will watch where talent goes. The only reason I'm gonna watch college basketball this year is because i'm watching prospects and i would watch the g league if there was some yeah, sort e- of like either either way even even if the, oh, even if they allow the 18 year olds to go it might be one or two years because I, I guarantee most of them will still go to college at that point that's fine i don't know dude think about emmanuel moutier and brandon jennings went to china to play professionally for a year instead of going to college yeah, and you that's literally the smallest the minority. That's literally the smallest minority in the NBA is guys who went overseas instead of to college. You because don't. It would just be better for the kids, though. They're gonna be having. They're gonna play against better competition. I'm not. I'm not disagree. I'm not disagreeing with that notion of it. I'm just saying I don't ever see it being that scale. So I. I don't know if it should be implemented. You don't think those kids would think the way that I'm thinking right now, where they can get better competition against actual professional basketball players? Like, say what you want about the G League not being a good league or whatever, but those are professional basketball players trying to earn I a didn't, lift. I didn't say that was a bad league. I'm just, no one watches it. Who watches G League? Why would well, you watch the G League now? All the talent's in college. But if you take those kids and you put them in the G League, you, like, all these kids were going to be one and dones anyway. Yeah, but now, this is where this is where I see it. Like, do you ever think that, because I think even if they could do that, you're talking about going into the G League, I think a lot of them would still choose to go to college because... Because they're gonna be able to build their brand more and and get more recognition because way more people I think and I don't think that's gonna change watch college basketball than the G League so they're gonna become more well known they're still gonna be able to develop their skills while playing in meaningful games I'm sure there's meaningful G League games but not really no, so not not right now yeah so I I think even if that was an option I still think they choose to go the college route even if they know they're gonna be a one and done and I'm on you know, your side stuff in terms of, I think it's the player's decision. If they think they're good enough out of high school, let them go into the league, let them go into the NBA if they really want to. You know, some exceptional players have done it before. Some have a lot of failed. But, you know, it's their decision. They should make it. But I just, in terms of what you're saying, I think kids would still choose to go to college. So, you know, I just think it would be more beneficial for them in every way almost. Yeah, uh, that, that's pretty much what I was trying to get to, exactly what Bab said. Like, 
Yeah, like it'd probably be nice to get paid whatever you get paid to play in the G League. It's probably not much, but you know, obviously that's better than not getting paid. But like, think about what else college has to offer, especially for Division One athletes specifically. They have they have it made. They have mansions that are already built and designated just for them. They have. What are you talking about mansions? Those are fraternity houses. They do it for the football teams too. Don't kid yourself. And the basketball teams. It, it, it's it's a full thing. They on D one campuses. They live in better dorms than everybody else. One hundred percent. They, they live in the same freshman dorms as everyone else. What school that's, are you talking about here, Duff? That's false. That's just Dude, false. I literally had a friend who who was at Duke who was like, "Yeah, Jabari yeah. Parker's on my floor." Yeah, but Duke is a really small school. That's like a special special case because like I know I've talked to Steve Rossiter about this. He played for Davidson with Steph Curry. And he said, like, they were in regular-ass dorms, but he, he knew for a fact that, that big schools had special dorms or houses off campus or whatever. Yeah, but they definitely do. It's, I it's know school, for a it's fact school dependent. they do. The, 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 right, I think so Frank's, what if, but, what if, but besides wait, this, let me, finish, let me finish making my damn point. Right. The, the, the college atmosphere, like, when you go to college and you're the, the number one prospect in the nation and all that stuff, it, it comes with, with perks and benefits that I think guys enjoy. They probably, not probably, they go to college and they dominate the social scene, not just everything else. And if you go straight to the G League, you're skipping a whole a whole mess of that. Yeah. I, no, you're I, not. Because you're going to Oh, my make, God, yes, you are. Dude, yes, you're still going to be making money and traveling, and you don't think there's going to be parties and stuff wherever you yeah, go? but... Even if but Ben Simmons went straight from, wait. or, like, Michael Porter or DeAndre Yeager, any of these guys just went straight to the G League, you don't think people are going to know who they are still? Yeah, but if you're if you're in the G League and you're dominating, you're traveling around like you said, going to like whatever parties, clubs, whatever, you're gonna be a G League player. You're not yeah, gonna be a yeah. big man on campus. Like if yeah, you're, you're if you're, those guys are lottery picks. Like, I, I, you could I change think, the entire who's, culture who's, of the G League. I think. Who's, I really gonna spend, who's gonna spend a lottery pick on a guy that has a city year? Uh, I, think, I think you'd be surprised. Teams will do that. Are you telling me that if like best how many times does, how many times does it happen in the last? Ten years that a team knew a guy wasn't going to come over, they drafted him anyway. Well, I think it's more, that's more along the lines of like a draft and stash for like yeah, they prospects. do it for Europeans all the time. Yeah, but, uh, that's, but they that's, don't do it like they wouldn't. I, I would never spend a lottery pick on a guy that I have to wait a whole year that he has to play in the G League. Why would you do that? Because if that's um, if that's the new rule, that's what they're going to do. So you want you're saying you that would, potentially becomes the, a new norm? To me, that's worth the investment because they learn your system. They learn how to be a professional basketball player. It's so much more of a commitment than when you're playing in college. Again, like for the millionth time, I'm not disagreeing with you on that notion. But like the NCAA, NCAA basketball is too big to fail. You do realize that as well, too, right? Like it's not just going to die because the G League's accepting 18 year olds. It's not gonna. March Madness is like one of the most watched sporting events in in the sporting world. I'm not saying that college basketball is going to be bad now. I'm I'm saying why not make this other thing good? That's kind of what you're saying. What's the the other sport? Hold on, hold on. on. I did not mention the NCAA. Okay, but if all the top prospects go to the G League like you're assuming, that would water down NCAA. A fuck ton. Would it though if they're all if it's only like the few one and dones and like the rest of the, the Yes, the it would. Together. Yes, it would. Yeah, but look, you know what? That's what everyone says. Yes, one and done university. That's they, what everyone said before they put in the one and done rule, and they're like, "Oh, this—they're just doing it because they want to make college basketball better, and uh, they they want to 
like create a better farm system for the NBA or something like that. But it doesn't really make college basketball that much better. We had so much controversy about these like kids getting the bag and now Adidas is getting everyone in trouble. And like there was a uh, a minist- uh, like some tutor or whatever from from Kentucky who helps the players like when they travel and stuff. Like all D one schools have that, and she was basically like. I hate that these kids don't care. Like, they don't go to class. They don't care what I have to say. Blah, blah, blah. And it, it's just, like, a big joke. Like, their well, education doesn't mean anything to them. And to that, I'll say, don't blame the kids. Don't blame the coaches. Don't blame basketball. Blame the NCAA for making that rule. Like, it's it's the rule. It's not the kids well, or whatever. Like, they know they, they know that they can just go to the NBA. So why are they going to worry about class? They have to yeah, exactly. get a 1.8 through their first semester. They have to have a 1.8 GPA through their first semester, and then they don't have to go to classes for the second semester at all, and they're qualified to play. Yeah, well, I mean, that's how it is at the one-and-done schools, and that's why I think they should just be allowed to go right out of high school. But I don't think that the, like, kind of doing the G League like you're talking about, I don't know if that's the solution. I think you can just let them go out of high school. Well, you know what? We reached that point where we had too many glasses of wine, and we went from giving thanks and shouting out our favorite side dishes to a heated argument about the NCAA, the G League, and the one-and-done rule. <laughs> we really flipped the, <laughs> the switch family there. squabble. This is true Thanksgiving spirit. Yes. We, we give it to the NBA. The outsiders give it to you real. Yeah, we always keep it real. That's one thing you can always get from the outsiders. But it's also now an hour hour and 21 minutes on this wow. podcast. So I think we need to call it a night for the Thanksgiving special. Is that right? Yeah, it's I so. guess so. That flew by. So yeah, I'm in on that. instead of Duff giving eating a side dish, he just basically started that conversation that happens in oh, between yeah. in between dinner and dessert, where like people are just like, having a few too many drinks and uh, getting a little frisky, and Duff just started that conversation. There. That was a lot of fun, though. I had a good time. You guys enjoy this episode? Side dish. It was a good one. Yeah, I'll it was shout a good out one. my side dish, TJ Warren. He's averaging 19 a game, six eight, two thirty. He's only 24 years old, but no one talks about him because he's on feet. Shout out, TJ Warren. Nice. I like that. Any last words from you guys? Um, Dust idea is stupid. <laughs> it's not my idea, but I am an advocate of the idea. The idea that Duff advocates for is, is stupid, and so is Duff. Is that more accurate for you? Yes, thank you. All right. Well, for Pete, Fab, <laughs> Frank, and Duff, you are listening to the NBA Outsiders. This has been the Thanksgiving special Hopefully you enjoy it. Hopefully you give some thanks. Hopefully you're thankful for the NBA. And for a good rest of the season. Because we have a lot to look forward to. But again, Pete, Fat, Frank, and Duff. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. This is the NBA Outsiders Podcast. Have a good one.